The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. Repeat after me. America is a republic, and there's nothing democratic about the Democrat Party. Let's get our words right, people. She's tough. What part of shall not infringe don't you legislators understand? Read the Constitution. Read the Bill of Rights. Read the stupid so-called laws that you guys sign your names to. Your focus is shameful. She's smart. And besides, what have you legislators done that gives you power over us? Trick the people into electing you? Swearing an oath that you don't seem to understand or follow? She's tenacious. I say bring the Electoral College to the county level for all national elections so Michigan isn't governed by sanctuary jurisdictions like Wayne and Washtenaw counties. She's sassy. Michigan has a big problem. We have too many people who exhibit seditious behavior in elected office and that needs to change. I'm hoping against hope we can change the change. Let's talk about some of this stuff on the Janice Daniels Show. This could be fun. And now, your host, Janice Daniels. I first have a question question that I want to ask Representative Debbie Dingle. You know, she's the House representative from Michigan 12th Congressional District who will be casting a vote whether to impeach our America First president at what I call the IT, the impeachment trial, or IT in intentional tyranny. My question to Representative Dingle is, if a person sells their soul to the devil, can they ever buy it back? I'm just asking. Representative Dingle is always welcome to call the Janice Daniels Show at 734-822-1600. I also want to take a moment to thank Mr. Rich Higgins, who I interviewed last week. For I want to thank him for his service to our country and for his really good insights into the enemies that we face, the Marxist communist types in the Democrat Party and the corporatist Chamber of Commerce types in the Republican Party. Rich can be followed at Twitter uh, with a handle at Rich Higgins, H-I-G-G-I-N-S underscore D-C. That's at Rich Higgins underscore D-C. Now, today we're going to look at, again, the national political level, which what I think we are seeing a bunch of seriously wounded animals. The Democrats, the establishment Republicans, institutionalized media, and as I see it, Donald Trump Our president is the bounty hunter. He's capturing the fugitives and the criminals in and around our government. And we, the people, are the bail enforcement agents. We want our country back. I I don't think I've ever seen people like Nancy Pelosi or Adam Schiff or the big formerly fat liar Gerald Nadler. They don't even seem like real people. They seem like cyborgs or something. There's something mechanical about them. They're strange. They're eerie. Um, And the Republican establishment guys like Lindsey Graham and Kevin McCarthy, uh, they're like puppy dogs peeing all over the floor trying to get Trump to pat their their heads and, and, and sit on the president's lap and keep their cushy dog houses come next election, even though I really think that in some ways they've been complicit and compliant or at least very silent at this ongoing destruction of our republic. So I have an observation that kind of puts this entire mess into a nutshell. It goes, America does not need to see the tax return of a billionaire who came who became a public servant. America needs to see the tax returns of public servants who became millionaires while being public servants. 
I want to repeat that. America does not need to see the tax returns of a billionaire who became a public servant. America needs to see the tax returns of public servants who became millionaires while being public servants. I want to thank Bob for that. Um, I, I actually believe these people are in trouble and they know it. Like I said, they're like wounded animals. It looks more and more like they aren't going to be able to get away with their own abuses of power, their own obstruction of true justice that the ruling class has perpetrated on this country for decades now. Uh, and, and these abuses are what they're now trying to turn completely around and put it all upon our president. I, I feel like they're, they seem like they're cornered. They can't get away. It's do or die. They're wounded animals. And I think it's really important that we, the people, compartmentalize all that's being thrown at us enough to stay on the course. What course is that? The liberty course, of course. So with that, I want to share with you some real examples of abuse of power and some real examples of obstruction of justice. We all know there's no such thing as obstruction of Congress, but there is real obstruction of justice. And I'm bringing our guest, former Michigan RNC National Committee man, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima, in on the conversation to discuss three articles of impeachment that he proposed against former President Barack Hussein Obama, who has yet to be brought to justice for his alleged high crimes and misdemeanors. I really hope that my public servants are listening. I hope that Debbie Dingell is listening. In fact, I hope the entire Michigan delegation of Democrat and Republican public servants who will be casting a vote in the House of Representatives next week on this shameful impeachment of our President Trump are listening because they, more than us, need to understand what true abuse of power looks like and what true obstruction of justice and true obstruction of Congress looks like. Good morning, Lieutenant Colonel Ajima. Thank you for joining us on the Janice Daniels Show. Colonel, it's my pleasure. Lieutenant Colonel Ajima, thank you so much. Um, could you please give our audience an overview of your background and your accomplishments and your expertise so that we have a reference point for our discussion? Well, during the war in Vietnam, uh, when all my compatriots here were running to Canada, I ran to the recruiter of my junior year of college. I went to Calvin College here in Grand Rapids, and I said I wanted to fly. It was always my dream to want to, want to fly airplanes, so... I joined the military, got in the Air Force, graduated high enough to pick anything I wanted to fly, so I picked the F-4 Phantom Fighter, supersonic fighter. I spent about seven and a half years active duty, another seven and a half, eight years in the Guards, and another about 10 or 11 years in the Reserves. At the same time, uh, I flew with American Airlines. I was a senior captain with them, and I saw exactly what illegal immigration is all about because when I flew from San Diego to Chicago on a regular basis, my airplanes would be booked, overbooked, However, uh, just before we left, I'd either have a ton of illegals getting on my flight or I would leave with about 40 seats empty because INS was checking and they knew they were checking, so they didn't show. Wow. So that got my interest up about illegal immigration. I then uh, retired a little bit early because I had four back surgeries, helped run a machine shop, and I decided to run for state representative because I didn't like uh, politicians and, quite frankly, confirmed all my suspicions. I think of 115 in the House or so, I could only count on about eight or so that I could really trust to vote correctly on issues, meaning they would vote what was right for the people, not what was good for their next reelection. When I finished my third and last term there, uh, then I was asked by individuals to run against uh, 
the president Republican National Committee man who is now pushing the popular vote, which is paid for by Soros. And I won that in 30 days with almost 70% of the vote by 2,400 delegates. That has never been done in the history of the United States. So consequently, they changed the rules after I beat him <laughs> in 30 days and made sure that you have to uh, apply to do that uh, months in advance. So they got an opportunity to try to lambast it before you do. So that's where I was at. And uh, while I was at the RNC, I put in, first of all, the five core principles of the Republican Party which it was passed unanimously. One of the things was uh, we believe in your Second Amendment right, obviously. We believe marriage was between a man and a woman and so forth, which that's all been thrown out the, the door with the Supreme Court justice, and that is nothing more than judicial activism that's occurring. And everybody in the United States that says we have three equal branches of government, it's not true, folks. What you got to understand is the judicial only can make an opinion on a law or a bill or a decision based on what they think is correct. They have no authority to enforce it. In the past, both Congress and presidents have basically told them to go fly up a kite and disregarded what they said. Today, people think that's the absolute law of the land. It's not. They cannot enforce their opinions, and we need to start not enforcing their opinions. And we can see what they're doing to President Trump now. They find a liberal judge who will slap him down saying you can't build a wall or slap him in another area, and he should just disregard it and say try to enforce that and just uh, run with it because other, like I said, presidents have done it and so has Congress. So that's roughly a background, and now I'm retired uh, out of that, and I just try to stay involved with trying to get conservatives elected, which is getting more and more difficult because so many of our legislators that are elected, they come in with a good, good opinion and a good attitude, but in one term, they're polluted because they see that they have to get reelected. So they start taking money from the PACs. They start listening to their leadership. And if the, they don't do what the leadership asks, then they're not given committee assignments and so forth. So they capitulate, and then they start uh, just making sure they're reelected. And quite frankly, for most of them at the state uh, legislature level, level uh, it's the best job they've ever had. Oh, that's, yeah. why I'm very, that's why I'm very favor, in favor of a part-time legislature where a person has a regular job, just have them down there January, February, March, meet on a Friday night, a Saturday, half a day, Sunday. Because the only thing required by our state budget in the state of Michigan is a budget. And only 25% of the people in Lansing work on the budget. The other 75% are thinking up new taxes, fines, fees, rules, laws, and regulations. That's why you have 200 to 500 new laws a year, which you do not need. Uh, and they're there 365 days a year with a political action committees and the lobbyists uh, taking them out for dinner and whining and dying them and so they'll vote for what they want. So there's a problem there. We are one of the most regulated states, and we're one of the few states that has a full-time legislature. And Romney is the one that uh, put this in because he didn't want to deal with all the uh, constituents, so he made sure we had a full-time legislature, which in my opinion has been a fiasco and we do not need. We need to go back to a part-time. We need all the people working on the budget. We need to get the budget done first before you pass any new laws. Well, that's really a mouthful. I thank you so much for your service to our country and for all the good things that you are doing to try to restore this American republic that we have. Um, I always wonder when I might hear a true statesman talk about the Constitution. You know, now Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are all talking about their constitutional duty. And, you know, I'm really glad that they're starting to talk about the Constitution, but I doubt that they've read it and they certainly don't follow it. Well, 
I have an old saying that says the Democrats tell a lie better than the Republicans tell the truth. And I've heard that and I've seen that my whole career, even when I was at the RNC. And I want to add one more thing. I know I said it once already, but there is a great tendency both at the national level, at the RNC, in Congress as well, and at the state as well, that many of these people that get elected do exactly what they are told by their leadership, whether it's the Speaker of the House, the leader of the Senate, or so forth. Because if they don't, uh, a lot of things, bad things can happen to them. Like in the state of Michigan, the, the House Speaker, for example, they have in their rules that the, the legislator serves at the pleasure of the speaker. Hmm. Excuse me. That is not true. No. You are serving at the pleasure of the people. And the existing rules, and I tried to talk to some of the guys that got elected in the last couple cycles, saying you've got to change that because he can right now take your, your allowance away, which he shouldn't be able to. That should come to you because of your, uh, the people that elected you. He can take your, your seat off the floor, just give you a computer to vote. Uh, so you're not there at the pleasure of the speaker. You're there at the pleasure of the people. The speaker has too much power. Consequently, many of the people voting on budgets, voting on bills, do exactly what they are told by the speaker or the Senate. I was not one of those. Consequently, they hated my guts on Lansing. But the people in my district liked me because I did what I said I was going to do. So I got elected, I think, the first time with roughly 70% of the vote. The second time with more of the vote, and the third time, I think, was almost 80% of the popular vote. So what they hated in Lansing, the people in my district loved. So the problem is most of them, like I said, it's the best job they ever had. And for me, I used to pay more in income taxes than I made as a state representative. So it was not the best job I ever had because I was a retired colonel in the Air Force, and I was a retired American Airlines senior captain. Yeah, well, you know, I I have identified five people in the state of Michigan who basically probably will never get elected again unless there's a major turnaround towards constitutional rule of law, and that is you're at the top of the list, Dave Ajima, Patrick Kolbeck, Carrie Bentivoglio, Gary Glenn, and Janice Daniels. They do not want people like those five people in the marbled halls of legislature because we want to follow the Constitution. We want to follow the rule of law. We have the ability to effectively express our points of view, and that's exactly what they don't want. You're exactly correct. I'd add one more. Tom Hooker was another good guy that they couldn't talk into voting on things that uh, they didn't want. Of course, he's out now, and he's a mayor of uh, Byron Center over here in western Michigan. Well, at least he's a mayor. <laughs> At least you got that that level. At any rate, so now we've got six people. I'll add Tom Hooker to my list of people who um, will have the most difficult time getting elected into a public office. Um, I did bring you on today, Lieutenant Colonel Ajima, to talk about the three articles of impeachment that you wrote against Barack Hussein Obama. Now, I don't know where I got this uh, particular um, document from, but it came to my attention recently, and I thought, wow, this is really good. Um, When did you write this? Well, I didn't write it. I want people to know that. I reviewed what the North American Law Center had written, and I agreed with it. I met with uh, J.B. Williams, who uh, helped write these. And I uh, decided this was something good we need to put in. But I'm going to say right off the bat, here's another good example of leadership squelching it. When I brought that before the RNC, which is a resolution, the resolution simply said, please adopt these and go after Obama. Right. Uh, but he made sure that the committee members were all told not to vote for this, so it would not come out of committee, so we could not vote it 
vote for it by the 164 members at the RNC. Uh, that's what he did, and I think the reason he did that, because certain people within the GOP did not want that to happen, because I think, personal opinion, several people within the GOP could be implicated, because they knew what Obama was doing was illegal, but they said nothing. Well, if you see evil and do nothing, and you know it's treasonous, then by, by de facto, you're basically part of the problem, and it could be brought into this problem as well. So I think that's why he squelched it. It was wrong for him to do so, but again, uh, when he went after me on his quasi-fake censure for me posting a, a Colonel West article and just writing interesting on the top, I asked him, don't I have a right to face my accusers? And he said no, and he walked away. I came really close to tackling the guy and beating the heck out of him on the floor. <laughs> well, I'm glad so, you didn't do that. That would be <clears throat> one more, you know, notch in their belt uh, to use against you. So I'm glad you didn't do that, although I, I know you're perfectly capable of having done that and within your rights. It's so egregious. It is. So let me just answer a couple questions. You had asked me uh, on, a, on a text that you wrote, uh, can you impeach a president once he's out? Like Obama, no, no. But the you can bring no. you can bring charges against him. I I looked that up as well. Yeah, it'd be a different kind of charge, but you can't impeach him because he's already out. Right. And the other thing is, uh, do all of his executive orders fall if he would do that? The answer is no. The only way to solve that is if Trump would just go after those executive orders and nullify them. That could happen. Well, that's what he's been doing a great deal, isn't it? President Trump yeah. has been nullifying President Obama's executive orders. Um, and, and that concerns me as well, Lieutenant Colonel, because um, I would like to see the constitutional processes be um, be followed rather than uh, all of a sudden we're going to be um, governed by executive order. One exactly. side does this and the other side does that, and then they go back and forth. That's not the way we want our country to be governed. No, and the, the flip side of that, too, is what bothered me when I was both in Lansing at the RNC is it seems like the Democrats always play hardball like they are now, and the Republicans play softball. Yeah. Republicans got to start having a backbone, standing up and calling a spade a spade and running with it. And I think they're afraid to do that again, probably for their reelection. But I think Trump was a good example. If you speak truth and you speak out what the people want to hear and you're doing what the people want to hear, they'll stand behind you. Yeah, but so, I mean, you know yourself, the, the media just just is beating this man up mercilessly. And oh. and very few people want to put themselves in the position of taking that tip of the arrow, the front of the tip of the spear kind of a position to where they're going to be the ones beat up. Oh, trust me, I know this for a fact. I was smeared all over national news and yep. local news that I was an Islamophobe. You know, I was a, I was a homophobe and all these things. What was my sin? I knew about Islam. Yeah, I spoke out about what Islam is, the history of Islam. Matter of fact, I'm putting out, I'm on my 20th article I wrote for Sons of Liberty that they're posting. By the way, get on that, and you can see those. And I got it from the book of Robert Spencer's book, uh, From Muhammad to ISIS. If you read that, you'll understand there's nothing peaceful about Islam, nothing. As far as uh, homophobe, when I brought up the fact that, you know, they die a little younger, they get more disease, and their suicide rate's higher, oh, that's just terrible. So what all these entities try to do is shut you up. Yep and embarrass you and character assassinate you, and everybody sees that, and they're afraid then to speak up themselves. So I think what helped me was the fact that I was in the military. Item one, I, I was in the military. Item two, I didn't need the job because I was already tar- retired out of two, so I thought 
I'm just going to speak out and let the chips fall where they may. But well, getting back to the articles yeah. you were asking about. Right. Uh, the, first one, the first one on the North American Law Center was Article 1. There's basically a voluminous amount of evidence that proves false identity, and that was forged by Obama. Uh, for example, he used to be called Barry Sotero. His school in Indonesia, where he was a citizen, by the way, listed him as Barry Sotero. His religion was listed as Muslim. His nationality was listed as Indonesia. You got Indonesia. You got to remember he came to the United States on a foreign student visa. We also discovered, and by the way, I talked to uh, oh, what's, what's the guy's name out of Arizona that that uh, sheriff down there? Uh, Joe Arpaio. Is it Juro Pyle or... Uh, yeah, Arapile. Okay. Arapile. And he says, I can tell you right now, I have looked at this, had professionals look at those birth certificates, and he, he was actually born in a hospital with a name on it. The hospital was not named that name until years later. I'll figure that one out. Yeah. So, so he initially concealed all his birth certificate, his school report, his passport, his residency, his selective service, and his, pre- uh, his employment records. <clears throat> And he also had several Social Security numbers, which is very suspect. I want to let my audience know that we're talking to Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima. He's the former uh, Michigan RNC committee man, a former American Airlines pilot, a fighter pilot for the U.S. Air Force, a dedicated patriot. And we're going through a document that he, um, a resolution that he brought forward uh, from the, what was National American Liberty Council, is that what you called it, or... North American Law Center. Oh, see, see, when you start talking acronyms, it can be almost anything. Um, North American Law Center, uh, articles of impeachment against Barack Hussein Obama. Right now we're talking about Article 1, which is usurpation of the Oval Office via criminal identity fraud. Uh, Go on. Well, also part of that is he condoned and counseled witnesses to give false testimony to investigate officers to include the FBI, Department of Justice, Secret Service, and congressional committees. He also endeavored to cause witnesses to expect, and he did give, favored treatment in return for silence or false testimony. I'll get into that a little bit later. And then Article 2, Malfeasance, he and his subordinates obtained IRS data to target Republicans, as we all know, and conservative PAC organizations withholding tax-exempt status, and so forth. He used the FBI, the Secret Service, the NSA, etc., to conduct electronic surveillance unrelated to national security. The basic swamp was alive and well. Right. And he also used campaign contributions within the office of the presidency to investigate whomever he wanted to, and he used the CIA, the NSA, and so forth to engage in covert and unlawful uh, activities to prejudice cases in civil and military courts. And he failed to enforce laws regarding illegal immigration. That was a biggie for me because that's what I ran on in 2006 to stop illegal immigration. And I could not even get my own Republicans to get off their duffs and realize this was a big issue. So oh, I, I agree. You know, uh, actually, you're, you're number four uh, in this in this uh, second article. Um, uh, illegal immigration is um, coupled with uh, efforts to manipulate the election systems for political gain. And, oh, it, and okay. is that because the illegal migration into this country is destroying our electoral process? Well, it's destroying a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, I don't want they are voting because they, I can mention some names here. Our former Secretary of State Terry Land was giving thousands of illegals driver's license. And mm-hmm. what does that do? 
allows them to get on airplanes, allows them to probably get in and even vote to show in that driver's license, and that's a big issue. Allows them to get into government buildings and so forth and even hold uh, bank accounts and so forth, send the money to foreign countries. So that, that's a whole other issue. But the illegal immigration was big for me because I saw it. I knew exactly what it was doing. When I ran a machine shop here in Grand Rapids, it took me three uh, temporary worker agencies to get one worker that was a legal worker because I E-verified. That's something that I jumped up and down when I heard Trump say he wanted to, you know, get E-Verify across the board. What E-Verify does is, let's say they're going to hire Dave Agent. So they take my name, my Social Security number, and my birth date. And you can just send this on a computer, and it takes about three to four seconds. It goes to Washington. It checks that against uh, about three or 400 documents, and it decides whether you're here legally or illegally. Well, we hear the music, so that means that we're at the halftime break. Lieutenant Colonel Ajima is going to stay with us, so hold your thought. We're working through some legitimate examples of abuse of power and obstruction of of justice. And we are friends of the Constitutional Republic. Stay tuned for more great information. The Janice Daniels Show. Janice Daniels Show. On Wham Talk 1600 and 92.7 FM. Thank you for staying with us, or if you're just joining us, where have you been all afternoon? If I do say so myself, this is great talk radio, and it always is when you invite great men like Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima to join you for a discussion on the propaganda, the misdeeds, and the malfeasance of the Marxist counterstate that has truly infected our republic at its highest levels. We're going to get right back to our discussion, but the holiday season is upon us. Friends, if you are in the marketplace for a fine piece of jewelry, and you should be, because every woman wants a unique, finished look that can only be accomplished with custom-designed jewelry that no one else is wearing, I want to encourage you to do your due diligence, go outside your neighborhood market area, and contact the International Diamond Importers. The International Diamond Importers have over 35 years of expertise in designing, not just selling, designing and selling engagement, anniversary, and special occasion diamond jewelry, and they have a wide range of pre-mounted diamonds and gemstone jewelry in every price range to satisfy every woman's dream look. International Diamond Importers is located at 945 South Rochester Road in Rochester Hills, Michigan, on the northeast corner of Rochester and Avon Roads. Call them today at 248-652-6040, and please tell them that Janice sent you. Help us by helping our advertisers, and by helping yourself to the International Diamond Importers Experience in Timeless Beauty. That's 248-652-6040 and internationaldiamondimporters.com. I want to take a moment to thank International Diamond Importers and all my other financial supporters for contributing to the success of The Janice Daniels Show. Please continue to send your best financial contributions to The Janice Daniels Show, LLC, Post Office Box 4643, Troy, Michigan 48099. I want to get right back to our guest, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima, who is going through a resolution that he submitted to the RNC, which of course went nowhere like most good uh, pieces of uh, uh, proposals go. Um, It was three articles of impeachment that um, should have been brought up against 
President Barack Hussein Obama. The first article of impeachment was usurping the Oval Office via criminal identity fraud. The second one, malfeasance, misconduct, and abuse of the Oval Office. And the third article was aiding and abetting known enemies of the United States. Uh, Lieutenant Colonel Ajima, thank you so much for staying with us. No problem. My, it's my pleasure. Good. Just getting back on that topic of illegal immigration, of course, we know that he loved to bring those in. And for quite a period of time there, 99% of the people we were taking in were Muslims coming from hardcore Muslim countries that are terrorist countries, which was wrong because the Christians and the Jews were the ones that were being killed, not the Muslims. Right. Uh, and another thing, uh, just a, a side point, uh, General Boykin uh, told me that 80% of the people that we catch crossing our southern border at the time, which are not Mexicans, that they call them OTMs, other than Mexicans, 80% that we catch that are not me- Mexicans, or actually come from Arab countries. And ISIS has said they would use legal immigration and illegal immigration to get in this uh, country. And he also stated that ISIS is now present in every state of the Union. Thank you, Obama. Yeah. Five, he misled the Obama, uh, or he, he misled or used the military and the government and his personnel to topple foreign governance to favor governments to favor his personal agenda, for example, He was very much involved in trying to topple Netanyahu in Israel. It makes this Ukrainian thing look like a joke compared to what he did with Netanyahu in Israel. Uh, He issued and enforced terrible ROEs that harmed our military personnel from defending themselves. Now, if you talk to any military person, rules of engagement, that's what an ROE is. Uh, His rules of engagement put your sons and daughters at risk, i.e. they were not allowed to fight to win. If they ran into a... uh, a mosque, you couldn't shoot them, even though they ran in the mosque and the mosque was full of weapons. You couldn't destroy the mosque. There was other, many other ROEs that were terrible. I was beginning to wonder what side he was actually on. Personally, I think he was a Muslim because his dad was a communist Muslim. His stepfather was a communist Muslim. He went to a Muslim school. And his brother, half-brother, in Africa uh, is one of the leaders in the Muslim Brotherhood. So it, in my mind, it's no question he was a Muslim trying to hide his identity. Uh, can I can and I that, break in for a moment, please? Um, sure. I, I want to get your opinion on whether you think President Trump will arm our service people who are tasked with guard duty. I mean, that is obscene on the face of it. I think it was Bill Clinton that disarmed the men and women who are standing guard over our military bases. And here we have Pensacola again happening. It's ridiculous. No question it's ridiculous. Here in Michigan, I can walk around, most people don't know this, I have a concealed weapons permit, but I can walk around with a pistol on my hip anywhere I want to go. Right. I can even walk into a school with my pistol on my hip if it's out in the open. Uh, we have a right uh, open carry law in the state of Michigan. To say that our military can't defend the military base when these people are coming on is absolutely ridiculous. It is, and I wonder if you it, think that maybe President Trump will, will reverse that order. He yeah. needs to. I, I think so. I mean, it's a dumb order. Of course, you got it. That's another thing. What about Bill Clinton? Let's talk about him for a moment. Yeah. Aside from the fact, Bill Clinton, most people don't know, went AWOL. Bet you didn't know that. No, I didn't. Uh, when, he, when he was going to get drafted, uh, he went to the reserve unit, and a colonel let him in the reserve unit. He was supposed to show up in a couple weeks to go to the reserves. And once he joined the reserves, he was out of the draft. Bill Clinton just left the country and went to Russia. And he never showed up for his duty. That's called AWOL. The colonel that let him get away with this on his deathbed said, one thing I regret is I let the young man by the name of Bill Clinton get away with this instead of throwing him in San Quentin. Now he's president. So 
Most people don't know that. I think that's why he hated the military. He'd have never made it in the military because he's kind of a wimp. But uh, it just it just bothers me. Most people don't know the history of Bill Clinton and the Clintons in general. So let's get on with the issue here. Yeah. He, uh, without proper congressional authority, he incarcerated military men for carrying out orders on the battlefield. We just saw some of that in the news recently. A guy does his job, he shoots somebody, and they try to say that was murder. Yeah. I got news for you. War is terrible. It's not nice. But the only way you're going to win a war, there has to be a victor in war. You have to beat the enemy so bad that he can't get up, that he doesn't want to fight you anymore. We don't fight battles like that with one hand tied behind our back. And when you do the kind of rules of engagement that Obama put in, the morale and the military absolutely went down the tubes. And I'm here to tell you, my neighbor's in now, and I talk to other people that are in the military. They are so happy Trump is the president. They're just tickled pink. They could not stand both Clinton and or Obama. Yeah, I know Next. that. And you know what? The the interesting thing is, is I don't think we ever see on television or here on the radio um, when Trump is in front of our military people, probably the 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 overwhelming applause that he's getting. We don't hear that. Of course, we all know why the media is an arm of the Democrat Party. Well, the other issue, too, is when you're in the military, you're not allowed to speak anything negative about the president because he's the commander-in-chief. I did, and I got in trouble for it when it came to Clinton because uh, I, I didn't like it that he went AWOL. I didn't think he deserved to be there, but yeah. Anyway, you're not allowed to say it, so that's why you'll never hear anything from active duty personnel and have to be retired and so forth. So speaking Next, of the Clintons, yeah. how about Benghazi? Let's go into the oh, articles of impeachment you, regarding <clears throat> Benghazi. Both Bill, Hillary Clinton and Obama completely dropped the ball on Benghazi by not sending in uh, military assets when they had the opportunity. They were sitting there watching it live on, on a special TV in their offices. And even Condoleezza Rice knew about it and refused to admit it. Uh, so they intentionally withheld help. Yep. Stevens was killed. The fact that Benghazi was hidden so as to not hurt Obama's election, that's why they said, oh, it was a result of a movie and so forth. It wasn't. It was terrorism is what right. it was. Right. So then, then Obama and Clinton both lied to the public and said that, that it was caused by that video. What's they this knew extortion? It wasn't by that video. What's this extortion 17 in Afghanistan? Well, I'm not as familiar with that as some of the other ones uh, that I am. Uh, okay. But let's go back into Fast and Furious here as well. Sure. People probably don't know what that is either. But, oh, uh, this audience does. I've got a very astute audience. They understand Fast okay. and Furious. They know and about the guns that were shipped across. And absolutely. They were supposed to help. And what it basically did is ended out in the uh, drug dealers' hands. And some of the weapons ended up back in the United States and were killing our border agents and so forth. Yeah. 650 arms were smuggled. Uh, and Obama lied again. He said 90% of the guns in Mexico came from the U.S. That was absolutely false. Only about a third of them come from the United States. Uh, but again, that reason, uh, so that the reason to let them across the border was to make Obama's statement true that, uh, you know, 90% of the guns were coming from America. So he let them cross the border. And he told all the uh, his uh, people that are supposed to stop those weapons, FBI and ATF and so forth, just to let it happen. So that was bad, just wrong. Yeah. Eric Holder was implicated in that, and a bunch of other people were implicated in that same, same thing. And Obama promoted some of the officials for keeping their mouth shut because of Fast and Furious. I'm sure of that, it, yeah. I think that 17 issue, that was a helicopter that crashed, right? 
Again, I didn't look it up. I'll be honest with you. I just saw it in my document and thought I'd ask you so that I could get some background yeah. on it. Uh, maybe well, we'll look at it another time. It was, it was Biden that said, he, he said it was SEAL Team 6 that took out bin Laden. So what happened is you had SEAL Team 6 on a helicopter, and uh, just before they left to take off in that helicopter, a bunch of the locals got off, and different people, they didn't know, but they were dressed up like the local Army people got on. Uh-huh. And suddenly uh, we find out that they all got killed in that airplane crash. A lot of people think that was a set-up job to take out SEAL Team 6 because Biden opened his big mouth on television and said who did it. Wow. So that, yeah. That's another big issue. Interesting. So, now, I, I know there's a, a, an issue about the debt in this Articles of Impeachment resolution that you wanted advanced. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, everybody knows that Obama increased the debt larger than all the other presidents combined. I mean, that, it's what he did. And he did a lot of it by executive order. He did some with the, with the Congress as well. But that's what Democrats do. They make a bigger government. And they remember this, folks. You lose your income one tax at a time, and you lose your freedom one law at a time. Yeah. If you keep that in mind, you'll never vote for yourself another tax increase because there's a hundred ways they can do it without you voting for it. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Yeah, there's a, something there... they needed. Something they need to do is they make they need to make all those tax increases that we vote on and or school millages all need to be done on a, on a regular cycle where people are here, not on the off-season when people are on vacation. It needs to be on a presidential election or some primary election where most people vote. But they put it on the off time so that not as many people vote, so they get past what they want passed. Well, I'm of the opinion at this point that uh, anyone who's getting a take from the government, government public servants and career bureaucrats shouldn't even be allowed to vote tax increases upon we the people who are footing the bills. But, you know, that that's pie in the sky. I, I wish I could be the president, but as I said before, I'm one of the five people that will never get elected to office again, and that's okay, too, because I've got a microphone. So maybe it's sure. uh, uh, God's way of saying, see, Democrats, we got you after all. But anyway, go on with the, um, the impeachment well, articles. He, he also directed misinformation to conceal the level of invasion into our national security forces of foreign agents, particularly Muslim foreign terrorist agents. And I can get into that in a little bit. I just wrote an article for Sons of Liberty. I'll read a little bit of it if we got time. He engaged in massive campaign finance fraud from overseas funding of known American enemies. He oversaw the destruction of government records necessary to investigate numerous agency scandals. And he used unlawful methods to appoint cabinet members, which was a big thing. And then Article 3 was uh, basically he was directly engaged in covert aiding and abetting foreign entities via funding, arming, training, intelligence, basically assisting the Mother Brotherhood, Al-Qaeda, Hamas, Taliban, PLO, Hezbollah, and others. He used taxpayer dollars to aid and abet illegal immigration. We talked about that. He was engaged to cause the subordinate uh, weapons trafficking known to the enemies as fast and furious. We hit that. He gave top-secret clearances to Cab—this is a biggie. He gave top-secret clearances to cabinet-level personnel without, with direct ties to terrorist organizations. And then another one that really bothered me, he removed qualified military leadership that would refuse to fire on American citizens and replace the swamp with those that would. Let that sink in for a minute. 
Say that again, he please. He removes qualified military leadership that would refuse to fire on American citizens. Huh. They're not supposed to fire on American. You're not supposed to use the military to fire on American citizens. You replace the swamp with those that would. So that's why you have a deep swamp that uh, Obama or Trump has got to try to get rid of because they're in the military. They're everywhere. Yeah. That brings up another point. Uh, we have, and we've seen it now how many times, where people in the military that ended up being Muslim terrorists shooting people and killing people on our military bases. Right. I'm, I'm a big believer that uh, you have got to do a better job of vetting people, particularly Muslims that come in. And folks, when Obama went to Cairo and said, what a great history that Islam has from the founding of our country, it was a flat lie. As soon as this country became founded and we had our independence from England, right away, the Muslims in Tripoli were taking our boats, and they were taking up to 16% of our GDP as booty to get the boats back, taking some of our people and enslaving them. One of the first things we had to do is Jefferson and Adams went to England to meet the imam, and the imam said, according to the Koran and the Sunnah, we have the right to do whatever we want to do with infidels and your goods, and we will continue to take take what we wish because it's our right. Consequently, hmm. Jefferson came back to the United States. He printed 200 copies of the Koran, and that's what some of these people are deceitfully using to say, look, this is the Koran that Jefferson wrote. He brought made 200 copies, and so people could see it, and he said, this is the barbaric religion we are dealing with. We have to stop it. And by the way, it's only about 14 to 16% religion. It's really a political, militaristic way of life. And then uh, he formed the first Navy and the Marine Corps, and then he went to Tripoli, and we defeated over a period of years the Muslims there, and we stopped that from happening. So that was a blatant lie yeah. when he said that. So, Lieutenant Colonel, ahead. I'd like to, um, now that we've pretty much gone through those uh, that, that resolution that you uh, proposed, um, I'd like to talk a little bit about what the corrupt state doesn't want us to focus on while they grind us down hour after hour, day after day, with these, with the impeachment news uh, and the talking points of the week. And they're calling the, the, the Ukraine corruption situation debunked when the investigations haven't even hardly started on the Ukraine corruption situation. What is it that they don't want us to look at right now that they are uh, diverting? Pardon me. See, they're getting they're getting the news media all excited about this, and they're covering all this. But even some, a few months ago, they passed the amnesty bill for illegals. They passed you know, the an dreamers. amnesty bill. They yeah, pa- and that, they passed that out of the house. And and I'm thinking that was just kind of snuck under the rug, you know. And we even had one of our uh, Republican congressmen here up and vote for that. Wow. He needs to go. Sorry, yeah. folks. He yeah. needs to go. Yeah, I'm yeah. A real big one on this illegal immigration because it's not just. It's a security threat. It's a jobs threat. It's a fiscal threat. They take huge sums of money in health care, education, welfare, jails, and human services. People don't understand how much we spend on that. And the average illegal in five years is still on some kind of welfare. They shouldn't get welfare. That's why I put bills in when I was at the state rep to do E-Verify item one so they can't get a job. And then so they, I put another bill in. They couldn't get welfare, health care, or, or education grants and so forth. If they can't get a job, they can't get welfare, and they can't get all these things, there's no incentive to be here. Right. So that's what needs to happen. You need to eliminate the incentive. Right now, there's great incentive. And if you pass a bill saying you're going to give an amnesty to these people that came here illegally, 
you're just encouraging more of the same. That's and another true. thing the federal government has to do, they have to pass a law that this anchor baby stuff's got to stop. Our yeah. forefathers never envisioned what's going on with anchor babies. So they have to pass a law saying an anchor baby from a illegal mother and father is itself illegal. And they need to send them back. We're going to have a problem passing those kinds of pieces of legislation because right now we've got 13 states that are right. giving driver's licenses and the District of Columbia is giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. My question is, uh, I think this is an act of sedition, and why isn't do why doesn't the Supreme Court voluntarily take up the issue and take steps to shut it down? These these black-robed men and women, they have a duty to this country to bring forward the truth that they know about what the Constitution is supposed to be and what we're supposed to be doing in this country with regards to voting, with regards to our, our welfare. I mean, general welfare, and, 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 they, and they perpetrate this kind of uh, fraud against the people of the United States, it's unseemly. I can't even believe it. Well... One of the other bills I had was to stop sanctuary cities. And you know how you do that? You stop the funding of them. They're going to be a sanctuary cities and give a harbor and a bet an enemy that's got here illegally. Stop the funding. I yeah. couldn't get that passed either. I believe that. I thought it was too controversial. I also said that if you're going to be a sanctuary jurisdiction, your vote shouldn't count in any election. Why should there you it? Go. Why Good should idea. it? You know, Good idea. and you know, yep. a couple of things Agreed. else that they might be trying to keep uh, diverted from our attention is the fact that Adam Schiff is connected to both BlackRock and Franklin Templeton Investments, yep. two companies sure. that were named in the seven billion dollar Burisma U.S. Ukraine corruption claim that's been announced. And that's where I'd like to see somebody talking about where's the seven billion dollars that went missing our money. Yep, I agree. If I can, I'd like to just read something to you. I just posted to give you an idea. The Obama administration, CIA, and I put this on Sons of Liberty, their email, went to great pains to hide Iran's role in 9-11. They tried to say they weren't involved, even Bush said it, and I'll get to that. In exchange for a witness withdrawing his information, Obama administration gave him a new identity, a new job, and a new passport. For what? To shut him up. Another witness was offered cash to shut him up, which he did. So I think Obama's Muslim roots were showing here. The judge, however, that looked at this awarded uh, a total of, I think it was close to $7 billion to these people that lost, uh, the families of the people that lost their lives. But, of course, Iran never paid any of that, uh, but they did give them the $500 million building in Manhattan, which was owned by Iranian companies. And, of course, you got to remember Obama and his infinite stupidity hauled over $150 billion to Iran, which, in my opinion, is treason because they are enemies. They said they were going to try to kill us and destroy us. And they're using that to develop their nukes at the present time. But in 1994, a guy by the name of Alamonde, that was Bill Clinton's goodwill ambassador to lands, just think about that, declared his support for the jihad terror group Hamas, yet he was still there. So when 9-11 hit, get this, he stood with Bush in a mosque in 2001 who considered him a moderate, Bush considered him a moderate. Uh, in 2003, the same man was arrested in London with money from Gaddafi to finance al-Qaeda terrorism. In October of 24, he was sentenced to 23 years in prison. Hmm. So, recap. Bush proclaimed that Islam was a religion of peace that had no connection to 9-11 sex. Absolutely false. The man standing next to him was the financier of an organization responsible for it. So the infiltration was deep, very deceitful, unbelievable. Right. Right. Bush was uninformed or misinformed, and Obama said he would side with them if it came down to that. 
What could possibly go wrong? Then we had the explanatory memorandum on a general strategic goal for North America explained in the Holy Land Foundation trials, which demonstrated how infiltrated America was. Those are trials that were held in Dallas. And then the Muslim Brotherhood explained how to take America by civilization jihad from within. It stated that Muslims, quote, must understand that their work in America is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated and Allah's religion is made victorious over all other religion. So we're thoroughly infiltrated in yeah. the highest levels of government. Yet yeah. the Muslim Brotherhood has several terrorist supporting agencies operating in America. What are they? CARE, Council on America's Islamic Relations, ISNA, Islamic Society of North America, ICNA, Islamic Circle of North America, MAS, Muslim American Society, MSA, Muslim Student Association. All those have Muslim Brotherhood uh, roots, and they, they support terrorism. Well, I want to thank you so much, Lieutenant Colonel Dave Ajima, for your great service to our republic in this wonderful interview that we've had. I want people to know that they can listen again at anchor.fm forward slash Janice-Daniels. Until I get a dedicated website, that's where you need to go. Uh, That is, again, that's anchor.fm forward slash Janice-Daniels. And don't forget to send your love letters, your hate mail, or your best financial contributions to the Janice Daniels Show, LLC, P.O. Box 4643, Troy, Michigan, 48099. Next week, we're going to go back, loop around to a couple of issues that we've talked about before, one of them being H.G. Wells. It's called The Godfather of American Liberalism. The The conversation continues.